Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me from across the pond, he's the statesman to my kingsman, it's John Burke. How are you, sir? I am doing quite well, Matt. I hope you're doing well today. Uh, I am. Again, we said it the other week, I was thinking so hard of what your nickname was on the show that I almost fumbled it and called you the kingsman, which which would, of course, been uh, a tragedy we couldn't have recovered from, but... Uh, I'm doing okay, my friend. I'm doing okay. It's uh, Kids are off school over here now, so it's getting hectic. The weather's getting hotter, and as a proud... Well, I say proud. <laughs> let me drop that. As an Englishman, I can't handle the heat, as we've mentioned for the last four or five years on this show. But um, I'm, I'm doing okay, my friend. I'm just wondering whether tonight's film is going to bring the heat. But before that, I must know, how are you? Are you keeping Florida safe? You know, doing things... Uh been a busy week feel uh feel a little behind um but it's a three-day weekend so that's exciting um you know we we uh i just got home from work not too long ago um and uh my students i I had a variety of films being displayed this week um my first year group was watching free solo as we have been Mm -hmm. studying documentaries and then um my second year group uh is starting animation so they've watched spirited away this week um, which was mostly uh loved by the the room and then um my third year group we we uh i decided to do a superhero themed um unit but i wanted to go for alternative so we watched midnight special uh from jeff nichols oh yeah, um, yeah. i watched that the other we, week Rewatched it the other week um i really enjoyed that film i wasn't here when they started it because i was out for a dental appointment and um i regret starting it without me being there because they they kind of went in with not knowing how to watch a, a movie that's so quiet and so confident that the audience will follow along without them having to have these giant exposition dumps um, that they were, they were initially put, like standoffish against it. And then today before we finished the film, I, I kind of gave some instruction and some, some context in which to watch the film from, and it seemed to really turn them around on it. So um, I, I'm a huge fan of Jeff Nichols movies. I really can't wait for his next one. Um, and I think, you know, uh, next week though, they're, well, I don't know our schedule is weird next week because we have testing is kind of starting. And so things are always broken and off, but they're going to be watching, uh, um, unbreakable next, uh, uh, which is kind of the epitome of the, uh, non-traditional superhero film, right? Where like, you don't even yeah, know it's yeah, a superhero. Yeah. yeah. And the more you go into those, uh, that trilogy of films, the more you find out that it is an unconventional superhero film. And, mm-hmm. um, in this modern swathe of Marvel and DC, as whatever I think about those films, it is quite nice to see a, you know, a superhero film where it almost focuses on the everyday guy who, even with superpowers, he's kind of still just an everyday guy. Um, but what you said then about Midnight Special was bang on the money. It's an extremely confident film, and I think that is uh, a fabulous point. I remember the first time I heard of it, way back in, I think it's 2015, 16, whenever it came out, simply because I was like, oh, wow, Michael Shannon, Kirsten Dunst, Joel Edgerton. Oh, and the guy who's Kylo Ren as well at the time. I was like, oh, sweet. Kylo Ren's in this film. Um, I hadn't, wasn't until I, I knew Adam Driver was a very good actor, but I was still becoming acquainted with his talent. So, um, you know, I was very excited to see films that he was in because he was in a, he was in a Star Wars. And it's a great cast. It's a very confident film. It's, it, I would also hasten that even if you read the synopsis on the back of the Blu-ray, it doesn't even, doesn't really play out like that still it's a very different film to how i once thought it was going to be but for the better i must admit i think it's a really really solid film midnight special often under underappreciated i think in sci-fi circles 
big time. Yeah. And I mean, it was slept on at the time. A lot of people still haven't seen it. Um, so, uh, I think it, you know, it, it needs to be watched. Um, as so many movies, I just, I, I love when movies find an audience. Um, they, they so often deserve to be seen. And even again, there's movies that I don't like, but I'm, I'm happy for the people who do, uh, that they, they take joy in something. So, no, I hear that, my friend, and we take joy in delivering the bloody awesome movie podcast each week. And what we say to you is if you do enjoy what we are doing here, you can support us for free by leaving us a five star rating and or review on your podcast provider of choice, which now includes Spotify. It just means that we get further up the algorithm, more eyes on the show, more ears on the show, uh, and we get to interact and hear from more of you film fans each and every week. So if you do have a spare 30 seconds, John and I would would really, really appreciate those five stars. And if you're new to the show, each week we put on a non-spoiler review of what we kind of deem to be the most exciting, biggest or interesting release of the week, whether it's cinematic or streaming. And this week we are talking about Sonic the Hedgehog 2, um, directed by Jeff Fowler, written by Pat Casey, Josh Miller and John Whittington. Uh, and the returning stars, James Marsden, Jim Carrey, Ben Schwartz, Tika Sumter, uh, and are joined by Idris Elba, Natasha Rothwell, and Colleen O'Shaughnessy for this sequel to... When did the first one come out? Was it 2019? No, it was 2020. It was literally right before the pandemic. Um, yes. It was one of the last theatrical runs. That's right, because of uh, Toothgate, because of how Sonic looked. That's right, it's pushed back. It was going to be 2019, I think, and then it was pushed back to 2020 so they could fix his appearance. Um, and no such issues with his appearance in this film. Uh, again, we don't do spoilers on this show, but we do read out the synopsis uh, from IMDb. When the manic Dr. Robotnik returns to Earth with a new ally, Knuckles the Echidna, Sonic and his new friend Tails is all that stands in their way. Uh, critically, it is sitting at 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, Tomatoes, 47 on Metascore, and for the fans, 7.1 IMDb user score, and a very decent 3.4 out of 5 on Letterboxd. And as the posters and trailers for this film will tell you, exclusively in theatres, it's not on any streaming services as of yet, you can only go out and see it in theatres, so... Um, up top then, John, let's let, let's get this one out of the way. What did you think of the first Sonic film? Um, I I didn't dislike it, but I also didn't love it. Um, my biggest complaint of the first Sonic film was mm-hmm. Jim Carrey. Um, and I've <laughs> been a Jim Carrey fan for most of my life, to be honest. I, I was a adamant, adamant um, Ace Ventura, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask. Yeah. I owned all three. I watched them all far too many times. Um. But I, I don't feel like he is making a Sonic movie. I feel like he's just doing Jim Carrey stuff. And it, it to me, it takes it out. Every time he's on screen, he's just doing Jim Carrey shtick. Uh, a lot of the performance feels like The Grinch. And uh, that it, it annoyed me more than it made me laugh, which I love The Grinch. But it just feels out of place to me in the Sonic movies. And um, I, I think James Marsden is maybe underrated for these type of movies. Cause if you recall, he's also in hop. Yeah. Um, he seems to be good at doing this, uh, acting where he has nothing to in theory, look at, I don't know for sure. What's if they have a tennis ball for him to stare at or whatever, but he's good at acting off of nothing. And, uh, he was really good in hop. I think he's really good in Sonic. I think Ben Schwartz does a great job in the role of Sonic. I think 
it isn't geared towards me. It is, uh, granted, it's a property that is in our age group, but the movies are made for a younger audience. And I, uh, from my observation of the kids in my audiences at both movies, it works. Mm-hmm. So I can't deny that they seem to be pretty well made. And um, yeah, I don't love them. Um, I do think they are a pretty good uh, example of a video game adaptation compared to some of the other ones, especially. I think while this doesn't inherently try to be the game, which I think is why it's successful, um, it does. I think it does a good job of like bringing the character to life. Yep, that's fair enough. I for the first film, I went in with you know video game movie expectations and came out thinking this was quite good actually. Uh, it, it earned the kind of moniker you know better than it, it you know it had any right to be in my eyes i just didn't think they could adapt sonic the hedgehog into a into a film you know uh, into a cohesive solid narrative with character development and um an expansion of the story within you know these kind of earth realms for anyone who's played the games obviously it hops between map to map and i thought "Ah, how are they going to do it but in the first film i think they did uh, and I liked, also liked uh, James Marston in that role. Ben Schwartz was great as the voice of Sonic. And Jim Carrey, I didn't mind as Dr. Robotnik in that first film. Uh, it was, you know, it's, for me, it felt like Jim Carrey's live action return to Jim Carrey's stick after a little while away, uh, obviously in behind things like The Grinch and that. But I didn't mind him in that film. Now, for this film, I uh, I know that they greenlit this pretty much as soon as the first film started making money and as soon yeah. as the studio uh, which is of course paramount pictures got wind that you know people don't hate this film sequel now um i, I went into this one kind of a bit, a bit worried not gonna lie john a bit worried that they were just cashing in they bought in knuckles and they bought in tails as per the poster and the trailers i was a big fan of the games back in the day especially sonic and knuckles and sonic 3 i played the hell out of those games and uh, I'm surprised and pleased to say that I had a good time with this film uh, with the big asterisks that, you know, as a film, it is OK. It is fine. You know, it's a decent film. But I think actually they managed to build upon the first film and actually expand it in a natural way. They didn't have to dump any exposition on us because we already knew what was coming. We knew who the characters were in this. And the most important thing for me is something we've said you and I have both agreed on in film- films usually involving giant monsters monster gods they didn't focus on the humans in this film again i'm not gonna again spoiler review comes out monday we'll dive into all that but the focus was a lot more now on our cg characters of sonic tails and knuckles of course dr robotnik is the ever-present villain uh but they you know the any kind of familial aspect or anything else was kind of pushed to the side and i actually think the film benefits greatly for that greatly for that they they put their confidence in these characters, and I think they did. And I think they, for the most part, succeeded. Um, some of the, I got some good laughs out of this film. I think Idris Elba was great as Knuckles. You know, the, uh-huh. the echidna who doesn't really understand anything about the the planet he now finds himself on. There was quite a bit of laughs from that, and you know, the story itself really pulled from so many elements of the games. So many elements of the game, whether it's the maps, the actual MacGuffin in itself, the characters, uh, visual aspects of it, uh, like villainous uh, interpretations or moments and other things, which we'll probably mention 
on the spoiler review, but I think it's a really faithful adaptation of the games. And as somebody who grew up with the games, I was very pleased to see to see that. Uh, yeah, the, the film was good. It's got a few missteps here and there, but I think actually overall it was surprisingly cohesive. Um, Dr. Robotnik, Jim Carrey, you know, this might be his last film. And uh, as he said, he said he wants to retire. And I, again, without any spoilers, I don't know if, you know, they tweaked anything in this film to potentially accommodate his fairly late in the game statements. I don't think they would have done I don't think they would have had time to. Uh, but I think he was chewing the scenery even more so this time. He oh, was, big time. you know, maniacally Jim Carrey in the most Jim Carrey sense. And I didn't mind it because I think he actually carried an actual threat in this film. You know, I think Robotnik actually felt like a, a bad guy in this who wanted to be bad. You know, he can't be redeemed and he wants to kill the hedgehog. That's all he's here for. I like that. Uh, the tone was right for me for the most part. And it, actually, when it needed to be serious, the film got serious. You know, not you know, mind-crashingly epic, but in the, in the I think the uh, Jeff Fallon knew when to pull back on the jokes and when to add them in. So uh, lots of lore, lots of decent uh, gags, some good sequences, some iffy CGI. I like the new characters. Oh. A couple of missteps. There's one scene in there's one scene in particular. I think so many people have picked up on, which does actually involve the human characters, which does derail the film. And it's got a really naff subplot in it, which I thought, what? Ah. This is really badly handled. But that aside, my friend, uh, I think this film was very entertaining. I don't. Okay, this sounds awful. I don't want to say it's a great film. But it's a very no. entertaining film. When you mentioned the kids, the, you know the kids in the screening I was in, or the younger people were lapping this up. And yeah. there is a post-credit scene. Not going to say what it is. There was a few people in my screening who got very excited about the post-credit scene. So, um, no, I thought it was a very entertaining film, my friend. So, I noticed during this you had a few ums and a few ahs. What are you thinking, man? Yeah. So I was I, I wasn't a big Sonic fan. I was more Nintendo than Sega Ooh. when I was a kid. Not not out of even... It was like I had the money to have one system. I had Nintendo, so that's what I, I played. Same, I went um, Sega. I didn't dislike uh, the Sonic games by any means, and I, I've gone back to them. I, I, I've always liked Tails. I actually tend to like sidekicks. Like, I'm a big fan of Robin. I like Tails a whole lot. Um, so I was excited that Tails was going to be in this. Um, you, one of your initial statement that they, they removed the humans, I wish was true. I feel like that is the weakest point of this movie. And it's not even that the humans are bad. And I actually think as a plot, it kind of works, but the CG characters are so compelling. You don't need the James Marsden and, uh, Colleen. Is it Colleen? Oh, sure. No, yep. uh, oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. No, she's tails. Uh, um, Natasha? Yeah, she's, she's a voice actor of tails. Uh, it's Maddie. Tiki Sumter. And uh, yeah, Tiki Sumter's character, no offense, I think they do a good job. It just is like, it's excess. And the reason I can say that confidently is this movie is two hours long, and that is half an hour too long for a kid's cartoon movie about Sonic the Hedgehog. I like, agree with that. You, there's so much that would be easy to trim out, and you would have a tighter, solid film. Because that's the thing, it is good. I, I actually thought the CG looked great. There's a scene where I, Knuckles is running alongside of. Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotic, and it looks like there's a real Knuckles with him. Like, and I'm like, that looks real to me. Like, it looks like he's, like, Jim Carrey could push him over. I was mostly impressed with the look of the film. Um, I, I, I thought the Sonic and Tails interactions were great. I thought the Knuckles interactions were great. Idris Elba brings so much gravitas to yeah. a pink hedgehog video game character. I'm just like, well, what's happening? This is, it's crazy how good of an actor this guy is that just his voice brings that kind of weight. 
I do. Jim Carrey is overly chewing the scenery. I, I think he quotes the Grinch in this movie. I think there's like legitimate line reads that are exactly the same as the Grinch. Um, but I, it's not even that it doesn't work. It just feels like Jim Carrey in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Mm-hmm. But I do agree. I, I think the character of Robotnik does seem more menacing and an actual threat to Sonic in this film. Um, I, I overall enjoyed it though. I did enjoy the parts with the, the CG characters more than the, the parts where we have the human element. Oh, I think the, the message of the film is super great. I think it's one that kids should, should definitely hear this idea about, um, you know, family and togetherness. And I, I'm always a sucker for that message anyway. So I, I like that element of this movie um, to give a, a, a little bit of a frame of reference. I got to my screening. Like I was going to go to the two o'clock show. Yeah. There was a one thirty show and my theater does 24 minutes of trailers. Mm. Um, so I walked in and it was one fifty, and I'm like, you know what? If I go oh, to the one thirty show, the movie will be, it'll, I'll, I'll be good, right? Like I'll be able to walk in and the movie will start. And knowing it was two hours, I'm like, I kind of want to do that. So I'm going to do that. I don't usually do that. I usually get there before the trailer start and I can pick my seat. So I, I mm-hmm. took a chance and it worked out, but it was the, one of the smaller auditoriums and every row except for one had people in it. So I don't like to sit in a row with people in it. If there's an empty row, I feel like that's the right thing to do. You take the empty row. So, but behind me and in front of me were uh, kids with their parents. When the movie starts, the kid behind me starts talking and I'm like, Oh no, here we go. Then the kid in front of me starts talking and they're not directly in front of me. They're like in the the row in front of me and, but I can hear them. And I'm like, Oh no, this is why I hate going to kids movies on a Saturday because this is going to happen. 10 minutes in the movie, they stop speaking and they never speak again because that they're so ominous. enraptured. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know, but there's no, they never spoke again. Um, <laughs> no, they're so enraptured with the film that they, they are just watching. And awesome. that to me was a, a sign of, even though I don't think this is a masterpiece or anything like that, it, it must be a really good kids film that it can keep two kids silent for its runtime for a two hour runtime even during the parts with the people there's enough of sonic in those moments for the most part that Mm -hmm. people were content and um you know uh, i know like there's there's lessons because alvin and the chipmunks i think the second or third movie they kind of deviate from dave like completely and i think that was like it didn't work as well for some reason or something like that i feel like there's you know we've had the smurfs that did this with the the live action crossing um the first movie, I think, needs it because Sonic's alone and we're trying to get Sonic acclimated to this world. In this film, though, we know the story. We know what's going on. And th- the video game world is coming into play more. Yep. So I think you need to let the humans be sidelined more. Um, but overall, I was I actually think this one's better than the first movie. Um, I think Agreed. Part, partly because of the video game stuff starting to come into it. And I think they do it in ways that work. Like, it is a MacGuffin. It's a blatant MacGuffin. Um, but that's okay. I don't have an issue with a MacGuffin. If I'm enjoying the journey that while they're chasing it, uh, you know, if I, if the journey is exciting, I'm in, and there's a lot of fun scenes. That is where I, I have issue with the human thing. It does make sense why it happens, but it's also like, yeah, but it, you could have done something else instead. Like it didn't need to be that. And they do, they do some stuff where they sideline a character for too long and mm-hmm. a couple of little nitpicks here and there, but Overall, it's competent. It's still among the best of the super, uh, not super, I'm sorry, of the combat, <laughs> man, 
I'll get there eventually. The video game movies that we've been given, many of them are trash. I, I enjoyed Uncharted. I think I might have even enjoyed Uncharted more. I would be hard-pressed to say it's a better movie than this, though. Like, I think this is... Uncharted is just more of my cup of tea. I like Mark Wahlberg's stupid humor. I like Tom Holland. I like parkour. You know, I mean, um, Sonic, I think, is maybe a better movie than Uncharted in almost every way. Like, it, it's it's more competently written. There is some weird stuff in this because it's... You know, they're trying... They're stretching things out in ways that maybe don't need to be, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely better than it could have been. It is interesting though because there are cops or like federal agents in this, but because no, it's a kid no. movie, they mostly have uh, tasers instead of guns. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, so, so I was reminded of ET when Spielberg replaced all the guns with the flashlights for uh, one of the versions of the movie. <laughs> um, so I'm like, maybe it should have been flashlights. They could have just been playing freeze tag. It'd have been fun times. But I'm here for that. No, no, I'm I'm with you um, about yeah. I, I can't remember if you agreed or disagreed but yeah i think the for me anyway yeah the film is better when the humors aren't necessarily front and center which is odd Mm -hmm. because i really thought like you said tiger samter james marston there's nothing wrong with what they're doing but um i I was i I was enjoying our video game characters certainly the anthropomorphic creatures um the most and yeah i didn't even mention tales i probably should give props to props to tales and colleen o'shaughnessy who is the voice actor for for from for tales from the games which is a an unusual step but one i kind of wish more studios would take uh especially when it comes to um a pretty faithful adaptation you know it just isn't a live action this isn't a real fox so it's an animated fox so let's let's bring the voice actor in from the game since she knows the character uh it's a recognizable voice for characters of the game why not and they've done it here uh and i think she was great tales was you know tales reasons for being there however were a bit murky <laughs> a bit odd but yeah um other than that i i you know, it was just great to see three characters that i grew up playing on the sega mega drive or genesis for you guys um it's great to see them on on screen done well in a story which was you know pretty decent so not a masterpiece but very entertaining I th- i'm with you i think this film is better than the first one it's more watchable at least it's more cohesive um and i would rather watch this than uncharted john i'm saying it now yeah you know again um I understand that i'm i'm not going like to fight over uncharted with anyone <laughs> um but i for me, like Uncharted had things that I enjoy. Uh, course, that I, yep. I still think it's a better video game movie than many of the other ones that we've been given, especially last year's Resident Evil. Oh. Um, so, you know, uh, and Sonic the Hedgehog 2, I, again, I think it's a step up from Sonic. And the crazy thing that you did mention um, Jim Carrey saying that, because it's like, you, you know they want to make a third one, right? Like, they're totally... Uh-huh. There's no way, the way this movie's making money, that they're not going to go for number three. Now, I don't know enough about the games to know if they could make one without Robotnik or if they do they just go all in and make Robotnik CG too and just like yeah never mind he's he's been converted um, <laughs> yeah. um they they could do it without but you know he's always kind of for me he's like the fairly fairly omnipresent he's always there but the but how they maybe want to take the third film again fear not guys no spoilers I think you can actually do the third film without Robotnik with what they're setting up I think you can you know, you can have other things be the villain, the main villain, without the need without the need for a body. You mention him, of course, you name drop him and mention him to kind of make so people know that he's still part of the universe, just in case Jim Carrey wants to come back. But yeah. I think you can do for a. And again, remember, it's you know the, the same as DMCU and Marvel Comics; they can do what they want with the films, I suppose, with with Sonic uh, films. Uh, 
a weird thing they could do is turn Stone into like like maybe Stone steps up into the position or something. Like he's like, I'm tired of being the assistant and like becomes like you know becomes Robotnik Part Two or Two Point or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because they have set Stone up to be this kind of uh, what what's the uh, the word I want? Um, sycophant, right? Like he's like mm-hmm. m- hardcore supporter of of, Ro- of Robotnik. So maybe he just steps into the role. Um, I, I liked uh, him as uh, Lee. Oh, I'm not going to say that name right. Lee um, Majdoop. Majdoop. It could be my dupe, but Majdoop. We'll go for. Uh, um, but I, I liked him in both movies too. So, like you know, um, I would be down to make him the the big bad if if Jim Carrey won't return in the role. But uh, <laughs> I gotta say, I I, w- I kind of went into this one a little more apprehensive. I, I'm not Same. opposed to seeing number three. I'm like, you know what? Bring it. It's it's better than some other stuff we get. So you know, let's let's. let's Let's do it. Let's bring it on. So it looks like we're both going to recommend this film. If you've got a spare couple of hours, despite the fact this film probably could be 20 minutes shorter or half an hour, like John said, then, yeah, go spend it watching Sonic the Hedgehog 2. You could have far worse times in a movie theatre than watching this. So go check it out. So that's our non-spoiler review. Our spoiler review will drop on Monday for Sonic the Hedgehog Part 2. And now we move on to our next segment, which we like to call Chuffed Headlines. Here... John and myself, we take a movie or pop culture headline that caught our attention for any reason, and we tell each other about it, and by proxy, all of you guys as well. So, John, uh, what have you gone for this week? Well, I actually got to see The Northman um, this week, and uh, I've noticed popping up all over the internet um, is Eggers talking trash about his own movies, Uh, not about the Northman, but about the witch in particular, um, wow. he is apparently not a big fan of his own film, uh, which I think is, is why his movies keep kind of raising the stakes. Um, he's clearly, uh, reevaluating and, and learning the craft more as he goes. Um, the article that I'm linking to is from Indie IndieWire, but the headline is simply Robert Eggers can't stand watching the witch. I was not skilled enough as a filmmaker, but I've seen, uh, there's like a whole Twitter feed of people who got to interview him about the Northman. And like there, like there's one dude's like I had to defend the witch to him. Like he, I was so <laughs> I was so upset that he was talking trash about a movie that I love. I didn't love the witch, um, but I've I always I've always said that wasn't the movie. One, I was not into horror at the time. It was just at the, the yep. early stages of uh, Burke review, so I was still really like diving into studying film in a, in an academic way. And then um, I could not understand. 90% of the dialogue. Uh, <laughs> like it wasn't even just the, 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 the old English that they were using. It was also the, the father character mumbles. Oh, and um, I, I'll think of his name in a minute. I had no idea what was going on for big chunks of the movie. And that didn't help any, like it didn't add to my enjoyment. I've been meaning to rewatch it. Um, I have, I'm a huge Anya Taylor joy fan at this point, And uh, I, I haven't wanted to watch it, but just seeing that um, Eggers is not a fan of his own film is is shocking. He even I've seen him take a couple of jabs at the lighthouse, but more of like I like what I did there, but it's not a movie that uh, has a plot per se. Um, and the Northman is more traditional in that way, but it still has his uh, interesting vision. So it's it's I think it's kind of cool to see a, a filmmaker who's mostly gotten nothing but praise from the critical community criticizing himself and and pointing out that he's like, I am still trying to do more. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the Northman. So I, I encourage people to go check it out, but yeah, I just thought it was uh, an interesting headline seeing Edgar is kind of, you know, uh, don't love the witch. I think I'm a better filmmaker now. And I, 
I, I want a filmmaker to think that, right? I, I don't want a filmmaker mm-hmm. to yeah. think I peaked at my first movie. Um, I want to see them trying to do more and, and explore different uh, realms of storytelling, um, which I think he does uh, quite interestingly with uh, The Northman. No, it's always refreshing when any content creator, whether it's a director, musician, painter, whatever, you know, wants to further themselves uh, with each and every project. You don't want to rest on your laurels. It would be easy to do that because for me, The Witch or The Vich was, I thought it was great. Uh, the Lighthouse as well, great. Uh, Ralph mm-hmm. Ineson was the deep-throated northern Englishman you were thinking of in The ah. Witch, the deep, uh, deep-voiced. Um, but no, having... Having heard that he didn't base it, the fact that he hasn't turned around and said, "Oh yeah, the witch, awful, terrible, worst film ever." That's great. The fact that he was like, "No, it's a good film," because I just I just had a little look at the the article. He's still saying it's not a, it's just not a bad film, and the performances are great. Yes. It's just yeah, what he want, what he had in his head, he couldn't quite project onto the screen, and that's fair enough. That just come that what comes with experience. Not many directors can hit it off on their first film, uh, and it uh, the, despite you know critically it doing so well, I think the surprise for me upon seeing the headline was just that, you know, this film was pretty much, you know, pretty well received when it came out very much. So for the most part, you know, it's an A24. What do they call it? Elevated horror. It's not, it's just a horror film, but you know, for this kind of film, you know, it it did well critically. Uh, So to hear it, to hear the director come out and say, yeah, I know, I, you know, it's not what I wanted it to be. I do think it's refreshing and I would, and it is nice. It would be nice to hear more directors have that kind of level of honesty and, you know, self appreciation at the same time because you know he's appreciating what he's doing now without completely, you know, throwing out what he did before and you know yeah. drop the. I'm not saying all directors are egotistical like James Cameron, for example, um, <laughs> but it'd be nice to see yeah that kind of humility. Unless there probably are some directors who think everything they've done is great and more power to them. There are some directors out there who don't really make a misstep, but no, I think it's um it's a nice trait to have, but it's just. Decent honesty. I can't imagine he'd ever want to say this other than being honest. And the fact that the guy in the interview had to defend the witch to Robert Eggers is a uh, is a great tidbit. But he's a director who, when he directs, really him, uh, someone like Alex Garland uh, and a few others, when they release a film, Ryan Johnson, I'm there, I'm there. I'm excited just because I've liked what they've done so far, and interesting to see how they stretch themselves. And everything I've heard about the Northman is very very good everything i've heard about it is this film goes hard and i cannot wait to see it man yeah um it's it's one i definitely recommend people check out oh well uh i i think it's already out in the uk if not it should be very soon uh i will be going to see it so i'll be able to give some thoughts on that soon as well but um, my headline, my friend, is something which is uh, we always have to we always bring one of our headlines has always got a sort of tinge of controversy to it, and it's not even because we go for that. It's because usually they're so, they're so far out there, you can't you, you know the, you can't help it. This uh, headline: Warner Brothers allows China to censor Fantastic Beasts 3's gay storyline. Uh, Michael Mason from Screenwrite Rant says Warner Brothers will allow the Chinese censor to cut references to the gay relationship between Dumbledore and Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts 3. Now, side note, I have seen this film, but I'm not going to say anything about it um, other than uh, that I am going to go along with what this uh, article says that, you know, whilst they've only cut, I think it's about six, seven, eight seconds. It's very, you know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't change necessarily the structure of the film or anything like that, but it's a huge moment in the film. 
you know, the, the, you know this particular moment and the dialogue scene and you know what it all relates to and to both characters and everything around it surrounding it it's a pivotal moment in the film but you know warner brothers going to warner brothers they've got to think about that pretty green and rather than uh rather than lose all of the money by uh, ch- uh pulling the film from china and saying look this is this is our film this is how we want to release it obviously uh, listen i don't want to sit here and offend anybody's customs in their countries however this is the film and the story that warner brothers has gone for and the director whose name david yates has gone for you know they, they, they this, is, this is the story and this is the character this is the part of his journey or their journey you know to rather than rather than that let's just placate people and take the six seconds out and remove a fit a very integral part to the story um yeah a lot of people might say you know six seconds who cares it you know when you when you see it and, and you see the comparison when it's not there it's you know it's a big deal plus also the fact of what we're looking at here obviously the representation side of it you know just taking that out to placate people I don't know, man. To me, it seems like a take, they're taking one step forward and about twenty steps back. But hey, who am I to yeah. tell a multi-billion-dollar studio how to make their films? Huh? But I don't know this, these these stories always leave a a bitter taste in my mouth because I think it's I don't like it to be honest. You know, I mean, I don't think it's right. If this this is part of the character's journey, like it or lump it. Yes, that sounds very very harsh because there will be because if this was to do with another belief or or, or, or something else in. Now, there will be a lot of other people saying, well, we don't want to, but uh, it's, this is the vision of the story. This is the character's journey. This is integral to that character, the, the lead, you know, the titular character. I think it's wrong, my friend, but um, what about yourself? You see a headline like this, my man, and obviously you're aware of how other territories market their films and what they can and can't show or allude to. What are yeah. you thinking about this? I mean, the I think an interesting kind of comparison, not a comparison headline, but a, a companion headline to this is that today uh, I've seen several headlines that the next movie is not greenlit yet, that it's going to depend heavily on how it performs at the box office. Yes. So Warner Brothers is afraid this franchise is dead. This particular run is dead. That they haven't, because originally this was only supposed to be a trilogy, and then they expanded it, I think, to five movies. Five, yeah. And I guess there's at least a fourth one now still coming and maybe we'll get to five. I don't know, but the fourth one is not set in stone yet. So they need the Chinese dollars for this movie. That's they're They are too afraid that the last movie put a bad taste in people's mouth. This is now the third actor playing Grindelwald, especially uh, technically. I mean, not really, but yeah, it is because Colin Farrell technically is Grindelwald in the first movie. Although, mm-hmm. You know, however you want to get through that, but we the whole Johnny Depp debacle. Mads Mikkelsen, I'm sure, is doing a great job. I have yet to see him do anything bad. Um, that doesn't mean he hasn't, but I haven't seen it. Uh, so I hate um, Polar. I see. I didn't watch it, so there you go. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Statement holds, but um, I so I, in a business stance, this is it's a disappointing headline, but by no means a shocking headline. Um, yeah, in the that Warner Brothers cannot; they are terrified of losing money on this movie. Um, especially it's still a post pandemic. Some people still aren't going to the theaters. We have obviously seen Morbius do very well. Sonic has done very well. Uh, People are going to the movies again, but they are, they are counting on the Chinese box office to make sure that this budget is met, you know, that they get back what they spent um, with hopes of maybe revitalizing this whole franchise. However, yeah, as, as far as representation, it's, it's horrendous. And um, the scariest part to me 
is that while this is happening with the Chinese release and the Chinese censorship laws are very, very strict, um, yeah. they've banned several movies because of things like this. We're watching states banning all sorts of things that oh, deal man. with LBGTQ+. So how long before movies aren't allowed to have this in it? And so that's scary to me in a different way. Um, you know, we've been fighting for so long for people to be seen in a film. Uh, again, I, I think mostly people are, aren't even asking that you like have to like it, just that acknowledge that they exist, that, you know, people are gay, whether you agree with it or not, people are. Mm-hmm. And pretending and denying, I mean, especially in a movie where you're accepting that there's wizards, <laughs> God forbid they're gay. Like oh, it's, it's preposterous. Um, it, it is, a, it's an outright shame that this is still a thing that we have to deal with. Again, you don't have to, you, I mean, I don't understand why you care to be honest. If it's not, if you're not gay, it doesn't matter. Like if someone else is gay, it's not affecting you. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. Um, but more so you can't deny the existence. Um, and for, you know, for, a whole culture to be grounded that way. And they are, it's not just movies. I mean, the censorship yep. in China is known. It, it, there's all sorts of human rights issues in, in China. Um, at least that we hear about. I don't know everything. I definitely, I've never been there. Um, I saw we hear about who knows what's accurate, what's not, but this it, it's, it's troubling, but by no means surprising. And of course the fact that Warner brothers was unwilling to risk losing the box office at China is not shocking. Um, when they're clearly worried about the box office in general, you know what I mean? Like uh, I wish as, as a fan of the art form of film, I, I hate reminders that it's ultimately a, a commercial business for especially these big studios. Yep. But yeah, we know it. We know it's true. We've seen it. Uh, you know, we've seen the choices that some of the studios have made with other things. It's not surprising. Um, sad. Yes. Surprising. Nope. Not at all. Yeah, Fantastic Beast 3 is the next poster boy for the studio's uh, profits over people campaign. It's clearly what it is. But um, we're moving on then, JB, because well, I think that's a wait. topic which... Oh, no, go on, please. One second. Uh, today, I write on our uh, my, my board in my classroom the movies that are playing at our local theater, because I like to encourage my students, if you can go see a movie, you should see mm-hmm. a movie. But um, I, I always do it early in the morning, and I wrote Fantastic Beats <laughs> instead of Beasts. <laughs> And I realized that we should do a hip hop Harry Potter is, you know, you have a fantastic beats and where to find them. And it's just a hip hop musical version of Harry Potter. I think the world needs it. Um, so if this does fail, Warner brothers, hit me up fantastic beats and where to find them. Uh, you know, the muggling journeys of rappers of Hogwarts. I don't know. We can get there. We'll work out the, uh, we'll, you know, we'll workshop it. Um, it, it could be the next big wave of the Harry Potter world. Um, of course, what will really happen is it will be like the origin story of another villain oh, uh, oh. instead of the thing we promised everybody. But no, um, rap magic battles could be very fun. As long as Dude, I'm here like, for that. It would just be called Newt, not Newt Scabbard, just Newt. Newt searching for the dirtiest rhythm he can find, the, the most ridiculous yes. beat of all time. I think that's... Lord of the Rings, they, they've been doing raps. You know, that, that cast have been doing raps for years. They're great. We need something in the Potterverse. Daniel Radcliffe as well. I know he's not in this film, but there is precedence for Potter alumni to uh, to drop some beats, you know, drop some bars. Daniel Radcliffe is a, I can't remember yes. what song it was now, but he was, I think he's on SNL, not SNL, sorry. One of the late night talk shows over there in the States. Probably he? Jimmy Fallon. Probably Fallon. He does a lot. 
he does a lot of the music stuff. No, no, I think he's on Fallon, and he pretty much wrapped an entire uh, song. I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. Look, it's, it's uh, the precedent's been set, but more importantly, John Burke has laid the gauntlet down. If Fantastic Beasts three doesn't make the money, Fantastic Beats is going to be the next uh, direction for the franchise. I'm I'm with you there, my friend. I think that's very <laughs> good. Another curveball could be it's it's the Dwight Schrute origin story. We get Fantastic Beats. Um, <laughs> you know, either way, uh, there's a lot of different directions we could take this Warner Brothers. Is all I'm saying. Don't give no. up on the franchise just yet. No, I'm absolutely absolutely here for this, my friend. So Fantastic Beats may be coming to a cinema or theatre near you at some point. However, you got Fantastic Beasts is out in the UK now and it's coming out in the States pretty much upon you listening to this episode. So um, let's talk then about what we've been checking out this week in our section, get the words out, called Media Consumption. Here we talk about the movies, TV shows, video games, music, podcasts, which aren't ours, comic books, anything that we've used to pass the time since our last show. We talk about it. John, what you been checking out this week? Well, um, I, as always, listening to my favorite podcast, the Blank Check podcast, uh, Darkman uh, episode just dropped. I rewatched Darkman um, as, as in preparation for listening to it. I um, hadn't seen it in years. The movie is Same. so Sam Raimi. Um, and so wild to watch Liam Neeson be this <laughs> character because it's there's some silly stuff in this movie that's the very one with Frances McDormand. It is, yeah. Uh, she's not given a lot to do, but yeah, but McDormand is the I'm love interest, it, yeah. Which is also wild. Uh, th- those two actors who are now so prestigious, right? Like <laughs> yeah. uh, Oscar Schindler himself is Darkman. Like it's it's wild. And um, Oscar winner multiple Frances McDormand herself. Yeah, how about that for a se- segue? Um, but then they did, uh, for the Patreon episode of Blank Jack, they did the remake of Evil Dead. Um, and, uh, I had seen it only once. I haven't rewatched that one yet, but it's I, brutal. they made me rewind, it made me want to rewatch it. Um, and then I still need to watch, uh, Ash versus Evil Dead, the TV series from Stars. But, um, been a good, good run so far with Sam Raimi stuff. I got some ones, a couple, uh, the, the only ones I haven't seen of his filmography are about to hit because I haven't seen Simple Plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen, uh, the gift or something like that, I think. And then yep. um, for the love of the game, the the Kevin Costner baseball movie I haven't seen. Um, so those are, I think the only three Ramy films I haven't seen, I think. And I, I want to really rewatch want to um, hear your thoughts on the new, on the 2010, 13, whenever it was evil dead. I'd love to hear your th- thoughts on that revisiting uh, it. Cause when when I, I, I really liked it, it, it kicked yeah. my kicked my, yeah, it, it was badass. It threw me all over the place. It was, you know, a film I always said on uh, Death by Pod way back in the day that a film that's called the The Evil Dead, that is what a film called Evil Dead should, you know, that's what it should be about. Mm. I mean, I'm a big fan of the original, so I don't know if I want to go that far. But uh, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a really good uh, remake. Um, for movies, I, I've watched quite a few uh, Midnight Special because of my class. I actually watched it before because I knew I wasn't going to be there for part of it. Um, I, I caught The Breadwinner, um, which I think I might be showing next for the animation group. Mm-hmm. Uh, is a film from a couple years ago. Uh, really good. Really, really interesting. Um, for Movie Club, I watched Akira for the first nice. time. The 1988 film. What did you think? Um, you know what? Didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad movie. Uh, I, I just... I, Ghost in the Shell and that, two iconic animes that just, to me, were like, they're fine. I don't see why they're so beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I hate saying that. I know uh, maybe it's just because I came to them so late or I've seen all the things that were inspired by them yeah. that they don't they don't land the same way for me. 
Um, or maybe it's just like anime. It does seem to be anime like that seems to never click for me. I, I seem to like the human drama anime a lot more. The mm-hmm. Studio Ghibli, especially the Hayao Miyazaki films. Oh man! Um, and uh, like your name and um, oh. a silent voice. Those things just click for me more than the the ones that are so action stuff. Yeah, and I and I love Blade Runner, which inspired the look of Akira. But for some yes. reason, I. I don't know. Maybe I need to rewatch it. Um, I've heard mixed things about maybe watching it and dubbed uh, instead. I watched it subbed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and again, I don't need, I don't dislike it. I just wasn't like, I, I expected to be like, Oh, I can't believe I haven't watched this before. And it was more like, is it over yet? Like I was, I was, I, I <laughs> dozed a couple a of times. Doesn't it? I, watched, it I haven't does. seen the 95 or the original ghost in the shell or Akira until about, Two years ago, I think. Um, so I watched them, you know, and I, I almost, it almost, it's almost like a versus. I did it on the old show. I did NPM. We did like a, you know, Akira or Ghost in the Shell. So I watched it. I was like, which one do I prefer? And I, I preferred Ghost in the Shell out of both of them because it, I don't know, it felt, that felt in terms of like a human story, for the most part, that felt more human to me. Akira is so out there at times, but I liked both mm-hmm. of them. But I, yeah. I agree with you. I remember saying on, uh, to my mate at the time that I liked Akira, but it, it came with such, like reputational baggage that I expected to love it. And I just thought it was really decent. You can see the influences of other films yeah. all over it, but uh, yeah, I, I like both of the films, but I'm, I'm with you on that. Like the Miyazaki Ghibli type films, they really do strike a different beat for me. Yep. Um, as I mentioned, saw dark man, I caught Michael Bay's ambulance. Ah. Um, I, it, you you said it. I think it's it's really solid. It's definitely watchable. <laughs> I, I do think we need to never let Michael Bay have a drone again because um, he just yes. went wild with the drone <laughs> shots. Um, it was like a kid in a candy store. It's like I have a drone. Awesome. Let's do all these crazy like for no reason. Like let's cut to zone drone flying through the city for no reason. And then uh, also like I think Michael Bay might have ADHD and was never diagnosed because the dude can't keep a camera still for any reason like no. there is a scene where they're having the most casual of conversations and the camera is it's cycling around the two ca- actors and it's also cutting <laughs> rapidly on top of it so it's just non-stop movement it's like dude take a breath like this is going to be a chase movie we're not there yet like let it get there not chasing uh, the actual camera i preferred the bits where before I th- did i say i prefer the you know the bits in the ambulance uh for yeah. the most part other than you know, everything around it yeah, I, I overall like the movie though. I think it's it's watchable. It doesn't need to. There's a whole twenty to twenty five minutes that could easily be cut that you Thank can tell you. was added to extend the runtime. Um, especially when I've read the synopsis of how simple the synopsis is of the 2005 version of the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, they really amped up all the stakes in this. They're like, no, it's not just someone dying in ambulance. It's a cop they shot. And you're like, whoa, calm down. Like, let's. I w- it would have been tense with just anyone in the ambulance, but now you've made it like so many things are happening. I don't know if you actually have any commentary on any of it. You just have things going on. Anywho, very watchable film. I'm excited um, to hear what you think about the next film. So I haven't seen this, but I really uh, want to. It's on your radar though. Then I take yeah, it. I was man. about to tell you, you need to put it on your radar. Uh, big tuna, uh, heavily encouraged me to reach out and see if I could get a screener for this. And I, I was able to, um, it's great. It's super allegorical, uh, film, uh, first time young actress crushing it, uh, in a movie like this. Um, at, at first glance, uh, when the movie started, I was like, this movie's way too bright and shiny. It's for uh, Sorry, film. I think we mentioned what Oh, yeah, called. I didn't say it. I never said the name. Um, <laughs> I'm technically still kind of under embargo, so I'm kind of skating around things. Uh, okay. It, it, it has had uh, festival releases, so they're they're not, like, 
there's information about the movie out there, but the, the, I think the VOD releases in two weeks or a very small theatrical release is happening. So they asked me to hold my review. Um, so I, I won't say much else, but I definitely think you will enjoy it. Um, if you get a chance, listeners check out hatching, I believe it's a Swedish film. Finnish. Um, Finnish film. Sorry. I got, I was close. Um, Same area. Dumb, dumb American. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, check out hatching. Uh, I, I went back again. I was, I'm, I'm kind of looking at different ways to introduce animation. So, uh, Waltz with Bashir is a animated documentary from 2008, I believe, um, that I've known about and it's been on my radar for a long time, but I've never watched it. I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to dive into this. Um, I love the look of this film. I think the animation style is really, really cool. I think the art is awesome. It is a crushingly compelling story of again, real life things, uh, interesting look at it. It was a one, just like flea. I like seeing when you have a situation where you have a true story you want to tell, but no one filmed those events rather than doing actor recreations. I think animation is such a cool way to do it. Um, this is now actually the third animated documentary I've seen. Uh, I think this year, cause I'm, I might've watched flea before this year. I, I think I might've watched it in December, but nevertheless flea this. And then um, I, I'm not going to remember the name of the one I watched at, uh, I think it was at Sundance that I, I rent, I paid for a ticket to a uh, hybrid documentary. It was live action, <laughs> but it, um, all the flashback sequences were done in animation. And uh, it was, it's about a school. I will find the name of it, but it was very cool. So uh, I like this trend that we're seeing with more animation being used for documentary recreations. Highly, highly recommend filmmakers do that. Uh, Caught the Northman, as I said, really enjoyed it. Alexander Skarsgård crushes it in this movie. There is this extended raid sequence that might start with the most awesome action move I've ever seen where you're just like, immediately like that guy is incredible. That guy right there, you see him, he's incredible. And then you will just follow him in this uh, one one take um, action sequence that's phenomenal. Um, lots of cool stuff in it. It's weird and wonderful is what I, I think the the W alliteration that I'm using for that film. Nice. Two 1966 movies off of the list in preparation for our next episode of Astrology, A Man for All Seasons and Torn Curtain. I want to tell you, Matt, when I saw the art for A Man for All Seasons, I was like, do not want to watch this movie. <laughs> I actually thought the same thing. I had such a good time watching this movie. Um, I I don't, I didn't know much. I, I, I think everyone knows about Henry VIII. I think yes. like that's a, a historical figure that we're all familiar with. I knew very little about Thomas More, And I was like, so hooked on this guy. I'm just like, this dude, it's like, I love the logic and how he approaches things. Cause it's kind of how I like to approach things. Like everything's logical. And as long as you're being true to yourself, you're doing the right thing. And I'm just like, I'm kind of on board with this guy. And I, I was like, I kind of, I knew it was a true story. So I, I did kind of read ahead. Like, is this going to end? Yep. It's going to end bad. Uh, I, I was really into the movie. I was so surprised. I was like, it was, it was a little long. It did take me two. I had like, I started and finished it the next day. Mm-hmm but I wanted to finish it. Like I was like looking forward to finishing it. The only reason I stopped is I had to go to bed, but like, I was looking like, I want to finish this. And I, I put it on. I actually still have 10 minutes left of the last, the other movie I'm about the, uh, of torn curtain. Um, but man for all seasons so far, pleasantly surprised. Can't wait to talk more detail about it with you for, on, on astrology. Torn curtain is a Hitchcock movie from 66. Uh, Paul Newman, uh, Julie Andrews, not loving it, dude. And it's, that's a rare thing for me. I am, I'm kind of a Hitchcock junkie. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that there's a Hitchcock film I don't like. And I don't think this one's one I don't like. But I am like, 
this feels really contrived. A lot of it feels really contrived, and I'm not I'm not vibing with a lot of it. And I'm just like, it's all fair right, enough. yeah, uh, but. You know, he's done other great movies, so it's okay. Uh, you can't win them all. And that's, I think, part of it. It does feel kind of like he's checking boxes in this movie. Like, this is the things I do. Here they are. And it's like, yeah, but you've done them so much better before. Um, yep. So, and it, it is, it's the downward spiral of his career at that point. Like, he it is the ending points of his career, Torn Curtain. I think uh, Frenzy's not, his, his family plot is, I think, his last movie. And that's yes. like 76. Um which I, I haven't seen that one yet, but, uh, you know, and, um, so this, this might be at the end of his American contract or might be maybe one of the first films back in Europe. I haven't done any, any reading on torn curtain. I just kind of dove into it cause it was a year. Um, and I bought it a while ago. So like, it's been on my radar. I like Paul Newman. I think Paul Newman's doing good work. You yeah. know, it's not him. It's just like, it's just, it doesn't feel something isn't vibing. Yeah. It's just not as, as, as compelling as a lot of the other stuff that Hitchcock has done. And a lot of the, the suspense feels very contrived, like very, very forced to, to make it like, Oh, this is a Hitchcock movie. Got to have suspense. And it's like, yeah, but it should feel organic. And it, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, that. That's what I've been watching. Lots of stuff. Uh, very busy. I watched six movies on Saturday, between Saturday and Sunday. Um, and this weekend uh, is our Florida film festival. And I'm hitting up three movies on Saturday. Yes. Uh, I'm definitely going to see Fantastic Beast because that's heads up our next episode. But I'm also going to see uh, our m- local theater got everything everywhere all at once. So I'm oh. going to see it at least twice before I, our next episode. So, yeah. You're um, a bad busy, man. busy weekend. You're a bad man because I, I before we came on air, I had a look as I do every day, genu- genuinely every day. Everything, everywhere, all at once. UK release, Google, hit me. Um nothing yet still i got really excited because it one 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 of my searches came up with 14th of april <gasps> that you know that's this week but that was from an australian website where it's re- where it's debuted over there interesting i found out that, that everything everywhere was due to come out in the uk in april as a sky original so it was going to be it was going to be released on uh sky tv like as a like they did a promising young woman so i would have been able to watch it at home, yeah, it's not, I know it's not cinema, but I would have been able to watch it at home, you know, big TV, at the same time as everybody else has done. But for some reason, they pulled it. I don't know if they're going to put it back on there, but it was removed from the April 2022 listing, which is a baffling decision for this very slow rollout, but I'll get to see it soon. Um, on So, yeah, on the last two films, Man for All Seasons Talk, that's to be, I, I always say it, and I am plugging our other show, Astrology, here. That's the beauty of it. I looked at the poster for A Man for All Seasons. I read the synopsis, and we're not going to lie. We don't lie on this show or that or Astrology. I looked at the synopsis and thought, oh, damn. I will watch this because, that's you know, we watch it to just to discuss the year. But I thought, oh, man, I don't think I'm going to enjoy this. But the fact that you've come out and said, you know, I didn't actually want to go to bed. I wanted to finish watching the film. We've always, I've always said they're the kind of films I want to find, you know, those great films which yeah. you I've don't never heard of or ones you thought would maybe stink a bit. Actually, the most con- could be the most compelling, and um, yeah, very very pleased to hear that. I'm looking forward to watching it myself and discussing further uh, next month on astrology. Uh, for me, my friend, I've been watching a lot of Disney films this week. I've had my young Padawan for the week, so um, we've been watching Encanto and singing along to Encanto. Well, I, I must uh, tell you, are you watching the sing along version that they dropped? We did actually watch that today, in fact. Um, but we've been sing-along in the car as well. But we watched the sing-along version today and the actual uh, standard version as well. Uh, watched, re-watched Turning Red because my daughter hadn't seen it and she and she couldn't find it on her Disney Plus profile. I said, it's definitely there. Oh. You know, it's a Disney film. 
but she set up with the you know the the child the parental control, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing turning red is like a TV eight or something like that, eight Probably. plus. But obviously, the show is think is set to like six maximum, uh, uh, six years old maximum. So she could say, well, I had to go onto my profile, and there it was. We watched Turning Red, and she loved it. No, she loved Turning Red. Really, really enjoyed it. Maybe didn't necessarily understand the deeper meanings of what's going on, but she loved sure. what was happening. Uh, she loved Encanto, and we, and we watched Raya and the Last Dragon because she watched that the other week. Said she loved it and wanted to watch it again, and I was pretty glad actually because I thought that film was stellar. Um, again, she she absolutely loved that. You know, I was playing along. You know, oh, I really hope they, oh, I hope they can save Sizu. Oh no, Sizu! And she said, "Don't worry, Daddy, they're going to save her. Don't just keep watching." I said, "Oh, they better do. I don't think I can watch." And of course they do. Aquafina doing great work alongside um, Kelly and Marie Tran. Raya's a great film. Um, I watched Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. Uh, as John said, heads up next episode. So I'm not going to say too much about the film um, other than the, the obviously Mads Mikkelsen is in the film. Uh, I think he does a very good job in the film. I don't want to say he's better than Johnny Depp because that's disingenuous of Johnny Depp, but he certainly isn't any worse than Johnny Depp. And actually, I think let's, I think he actually makes the film better by being there. Um, and the only thing I'll say about Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, without giving anything away, is I, this may not come as a surprise to many people, but it's, I think this is a better film than the last one. This is a step up from The Crimes of Grindelwald. So that may even oh, encourage nice. people to go and see it. I didn't mind The Crimes of Grindelwald, but I also acknowledge that. I did watch it twice. Uh, I thought my well, second time I did think, okay, I can see where the threads are starting to fall apart here. But I think the secrets of Dumbledore is a stronger and better film. It's not a great film, but it's a better film. Um, and for 66, I watched who's afraid of Virginia Wolf for the first time. Uh, R- Richard Burton, Elizabeth Taylor. I think it's, is it Mike Nichols first film? I yes, think. it is. It's, it's, it might be the best first film like where, especially where a, a filmmaker like knows their voice right away. I mean, yeah, I, I, all I knew about this was obviously who was in it and the fact that it had been adapted from a very controversial theater production at the, because at the time the, the way the Broadway show had a lot of cursing in it and a lot of, you know, words and actions and moments, which weren't, you know, they, they wasn't conducive to the time, but the studio held firm and the director saw and said, no, no, this is the story. I'm keeping it. Thank God he did. Again, what I'll say is, who's afraid of virginia wolf is ridiculously good it's compellingly good it it's not an easy watch though you know it's not an easy watch it's not a fun watch but god damn if it's not a good film more thoughts coming on movie astrology next month but it's just similar i think to you with a man for all seasons i watched who's afraid of virginia wolf quite late i think i put on about for me quite late about 11 o'clock in the evening so um yeah it's late a bit tired but I thought no, I I I've heard a lot of good things about the film. This is I've got a chance to watch it. Let's just let's, let's put it on. Let's stream this damn thing. Let's get it going. But I didn't care what time we finished. I it could have gone on for an extra hour or so, and I would have been in, or two hours, and I would have been in. I was in on this film. So this is one of the. I know, but this one obviously came with a lot more fanfare because of the uh, acclaim it's received uh, critically, commercially, and with the awards bodies. But I hadn't seen it, and for me, it it registers one of those films where hey, look, I'm seeing it for the first time because of this show we do and it's a win for me so yeah uh, pretty much disney through and through a bit of dumbledore and some hist- uh some classic films of old for me my friend so uh that's what i've been doing watching this week and in terms of the show that's going to be it but we are going to tell you though how we've been staying bloody awesome we've got to keep our levels up you know we've got to keep those bloody awesome barometers tipping over so john how have you been staying bloody awesome this week 
Matt, I have been being responsible and doing what we call adulting. Um, no. I went, I went to the dentist. I got a, <laughs> a continuation of a root canal that was started two weeks oh. ago. But, uh, I had an infection, so they had stuck medicine in there. And so they had to finish the root canal. So that I was in the dentist chair for three and a half hours, sir. <laughs> Um, it was it was kind of torture. At one point, the uh, the Novocaine started wearing off, so they had to give me additional <laughs> shots. Um, it was it was uh, my dentist is very observant though because I started making like owl faces, um, and he's like, "Are are you feeling stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Oh, hang on, you've been here for a while." So he like gave me an additional shot. I was like, "Thank God," because oh, I was like, man. "This hurts suddenly." Um, and yeah, but uh, you know, so that's important. Take care of your teeth because teeth are are crazy. How much impact they can have? They're so tiny. But so much can happen because you don't take care of your teeth. And I didn't for a long time because I was afraid of the dentist. And growing up, I didn't have insurance. So we didn't go to, to the dentist. Um, so, like, I, I as in a, the last seven years, I've had tons of dental work done. And I still hate it. But I am, I'm glad that I don't – I'm not hurting anymore. Like, my teeth don't just hurt. Like, that was – a good chunk of my 20s was my teeth just hurting. Uh, so it's nice that that's <laughs> not a thing anymore. Um, but – uh, yeah, being being responsible and adulting and um, making some big life decisions that I'm going to keep off the podcast for the moment. But uh, mm-hmm. it's been a week. I've been taking care of a lot of adult stuff. What about you, bud? How have you been staying bloody awesome? Well, uh, by listening to your adulting in all of the ways that you've mentioned or have alluded to, my friend, I'm very pleased and proud of my man. But um, yeah, in terms of the dentist, some would call it adulting, some would call it madness. However, it is yeah. necessary. Three and a half hours, man. You You could have watched three quarters of the Snyder cut in that time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which would have been more painful, but uh, I didn't mind the Snyder cut too much. Yeah, yeah, it's that, not bad. You could have watched a movie astrology film from the sixties in that time. Um, yeah, me, my friend, I've been staying bloody awesome by kind of what I was just saying earlier on. It's the Easter holidays over here. So what is it? Adulting. I've been dadding. It's the best word. Yes. Say. Taking the, uh, 10 days off work. Um, have the young padder on. And pretty much every, you know, at the start of the holidays, I said, you know, we won't be doing something every day. You know, we won't be going out and doing things every day because, you know, sometimes it's nice to just sit in every day. We've been doing something, man. And it's been great. Um, even if it's, you know, going to, you know, the local petting farm, seeing the animals or, uh, like today, going to this huge, huge, like inflator zone, soft play, bouncy thing. It's like obstacle course. It was unreal how big and how cool it was. But, um, and the ants, uh, swimming. I don't like swimming, but I'll do it for the Padawan. All these cool things, you know, it's just fun to take time off work and actually, you know, go, go and do things. Yeah. Go, go to the beach or whatever it is, you know, enjoy the weather, go to the park. It's just quite, it's been very nice to take time off work and spend it with my best bud and having a good time doing it as well. However, every night I'm absolutely pooped. Um, so my consumption has been less than it would normally have been for most things. Like I haven't been writing anything because by the time I sort of by the time she settles down, I think, nah, not this week. Feet up. I've watched Moon Knight. I didn't mention that. Liked Moon Knight. Thought it's really good. Um, but that's pretty much the only new thing other than Dumbledore that I've uh, consumed this week. Otherwise, it's all been Disney stuff or classics. But my man, as you as you well know, you know I wouldn't have it any other way, my friend. Indeed, indeed. So uh, that's how we've been staying bloody awesome. Uh, and I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the bloody awesome movie podcast. Why? Because you're all bloody awesome. Uh, as was John alluded to and myself next week, we will be giving spoiler, non-spoiler and spoiler reviews of fantastic beasts. The secrets of Dumbledore featuring Newt Scamander as well. Uh, that's going to be our next show. We're going to have a spoiler review for Sonic the Hedgehog drop in in a few days. Uh, if you want to, 
talk to us uh, on social media or let us know what you thought about Sonic 2 or the, or the show itself. You can do. You can find us on Twitter at BAMP underscore podcast, B-A-M-P underscore podcast. Where are we on Instagram, John? We are at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And if you sit on Facebook, then you can just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast and you'll see our posts on there as well. Uh, individually, you can find me at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk and across all of the socials and letterboxed to search what I watched tonight. John, yourself? I am at burkreviews.com and at burkreviews on all the social media platforms. Yeah, and go and check out Movie Astrology as well. We're on it. It's great. Uh, as I mentioned up top, please do consider, if you have the time, dropping us that five-star rating and or review uh, we'd appreciate it more than you know. If you have that spare 30 seconds, please do consider dropping us that. Uh, however, with that, as always, stay bloody awesome and keep watching movies. Awesome. Blood, blood.